Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. Hello everybody and welcome to First and Fifteen and uh, our coverage tonight of the SWC conference in Baffa. Uh, my name is Lewis Phillips. You should all know me from the Balfour Flag Commission Committee um, and also the Exeter Falcons. Um, over the next couple of weeks and months, um, I'll be taking you through the uh, SWC conference in Baffa with my trusty partners, Jay Ballamy and Gareth Price. Welcome, guys. Hi, Lewis. How you doing? You right? Yeah, very well. Hello. Isn't it wonderful to have flag football back? Nearly. Oh, it's too right. To again. Doing too, eh? <laughs> and isn't it great that we all live in England and not in Wales? Oh, sorry, I Wales. Do, I do feel I sorry for the lockdown. And, and Scotland. <laughs> you. Our hearts go out to you guys if you're listening. Um, but yeah, it's great to be back back at practice on the weekends. <laughs> so um, today we're going to be talking about uh, the um, the our division alignments um, and our season coming up um, over the next couple of weeks. We do have as we run into game day one on the twenty second of May, um, we'll be talking about some of the new teams in the division because there's a lot of newbies around. Um, but I think on the whole today we'll uh, we'll just we'll take a look at the season and um, see what what we've been up to, have a bit of a catch up. Um, Talk the alignment, new teams, um, and we'll uh, what everyone we'll talk about what everyone's here to listen to, which is what we think our predictions are for the season and where people land, which is always controversial. So, guys, uh, what, what have you been? What have you been up to? Um, how have you been uh, coping with flag or the lack of football through COVID? Um, it's been tough, Lewis, if I'm honest. It's there's, there's, I mean, everybody's been through it, haven't they? There's not a lot to do. And if you play football in any capacity, be that flag or contact, it becomes quite a large proportion of your life. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it, we've missed it. I'm glad it's back. I think probably playing Chichester in what was probably the last game of 2019 was the last time um, we got to play properly. And uh, because it was recorded, I've just spent the last... 18 months watching that over and over again really um and then we just in reading we decided to rebrand uh, that that sort of kept us ticking over that was interesting yeah. um yeah Ooh, i can't tell whether that was just from boredom or what it was but um i can't yeah, remember whether that was because uh, you yeah, i remember i remember you telling me about that and we chatted about it on whatsapp and i sent you a because I, I was working from home and bored and i sent you a big long list of names of suggestions yeah. i can't remember whether that was one of them yeah, we had we had some cracking ones. We had like railroaders, biscuit. That makers. was my favourite one. That's the one I wanted you to go to because you said to me that um, you said when you look at Reading, uh, if you Google Reading, the I think you said something like the second listed place to go to in Reading is the train station. <laughs> it is that uninspiring that the best thing to do in Reading is the train station? It's, it's um, an impressive train station. I mean, the... oh, it's lush, isn't it? It's really good, but um, yeah, I, I I don't think a bunch of what is effectively just students were ever going to want to play for the railroaders so uh, yeah we went with devils um there isn't really much rhyme or reason we kind of just liked it the most so uh yeah we rebranded that was our interesting thing i mean same really for for chichester it's been it's been a bit of a nightmare not having flag and and i think chichester the sharks are in a in a position where 
although we're based in Chichester, nobody lives there. And we all live mm. in different cities, sort of five to 20 miles outside of Chichester. Um, so we, we, we haven't really seen each other. Why weren't you thinking that? You've got, is it Will comes over from the so island? So Will comes over from the Isle of Wight. Uh, Kate, who people will know from GB Women, is Dorking, which is a fair way. Um, oh, wow, Neil yeah. Southampton, I'm Portsmouth. We've got a few in Bognor, Arundel, all over the south coast, really. Um, Chichester just was a a good midpoint um, for us <laughs> to all converge. Um, you know, we've 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 done a few sort of preseason Zoom training sessions. We had a, a Super Bowl quiz, but sort of. Uh, I guess that's what what everybody's been doing in this time is is having Zoom quizzes. It's about all you can it's funny, do. It? How, like trying to I don't know about you guys, but like trying to keep sort of the engagement up has its like peaks and troughs. Because I remember like when when we when we first went into lockdown, I was running every day, like not every day, but every other day, like three times a week in my lunch break, I'd go for a jog. And I kept that up for a fair amount of time. And then I just I haven't done it since Christmas. Um, and, and then everyone had, we, we did a lot of, um, we had like classroom sessions online. Um, we watched film, but then like you say, you just run out of film. And as a coach, it's like, I don't have any more notes to give you. I, I need more film. <laughs> um, and then and so that kind of peters off and then you just oh you know the draft came around then in April so we were like oh we're all talking about the NFL draft and talking about NFL prospects and things and and then that petered out and that kind of stopped being um, exciting and then the Super Bowl came around and it was the same again you do like online quizzes and it just kind of goes ups and downs and you have these quizzes and things online you catch up online and then you don't catch up for a little while and then something else happens and you all catch up again and I don't know if you guys have been same. Yeah, I mean, as as soon as yeah. you watch the last week of the Slovenian flag league, there really is nothing else left to watch. No <laughs> <laughs> <The> frogs. <laughs> Everybody's best mates with the frogs, aren't they? Is it like Ljubljana or something like that? Yeah. Um, no, I, I concur with you, Lewis. There is there is little else to watch after a certain point. Um, I did get really deep into football at one point and tried to, tried to understand how I could run the wing team flag. Um, <laughs> It didn't go particularly well. So, it's yeah, yeah. I'm glad it's back. Let's say that. I think my missus is too. Yeah, yeah. Get out of the house. So, um, we've got a, um, a new alignment this year. Um, it's all it's all very weird and exciting. And there's no premiership, which is weird um, in an attempt to uh, keep things regional. Um I don't know about you guys, but I mean, obviously I was involved in it, but I feel like for the Southwest, it doesn't feel like that big a difference in terms of travel and things. I mean, we don't no. have to go to Wales. We don't have to go to Wales, which is nice. It's always nice. No, uh, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I, I mean, who would have actually gone up from this division? Probably Western would have. Western are the only would-be premiership team, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we played them in 2019 anyway. So it's kind of just the same division minus Swansea. Um, and Gwen, which I mean, they are a shame because they're they're fun teams to play and they're fun people to be around. But um, yeah, it's not massively different. We've we've obviously got some new names, which is good to see. 
Um, and it's good to see that you get new names coming out of lockdown as well, because I can imagine teams that would have started playing beforehand would have, there's a good chance they could have folded, but maybe the extra time gives them a chance to recruit properly and keep people engaged because it's something to something new to do. Um, but yeah, it's not changed massively, which is which is nice to see. And um, weirdly, and I won't say this lightly, Lewis, I'm actually looking forward to seeing some of the people around us, including yourself. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not yeah, changed. Absolutely, and and I I think I, I guess I'm I'm really excited to see um, one of the teams I'm most excited to see is probably Cheltenham. I think because they would have been new last year. Um, last year would have been their first season if we had one. So you've got teams like Berkshire and Canesham who are brand new and they've only just gone through affiliation and this would be, this is going to be their first season. But Cheltenham already from like WhatsApp groups and friendlies and things, they already kind of feel like old hats, but they've not actually been a part of the league yet. This is their first Baffa league. So it's going to be really, I'm really excited to see uh, how they come out. And I think we'll, we'll come, we'll come on to predictions later, but they're my dark horse. I mean, we, we saw a little bit of them in the, the outlaw flag league in 2019. Obviously that gives you, what is it? Nine games uh, plus playoffs. So you definitely get a good idea of, of what they're like. And when they, even though they were just starting out, you know, they, they have, they put in some, impressive performances uh, quarterfinal against Bedford they ran them pretty mm-hmm. close um, they gave us a really good game I think they they only lost by three points and you know we had a we had a pretty strong team out we had Neil Corey Shorty I think we borrowed uh, James Thal from the, the from Reading um, mm-hmm. it was a good team and and they played really well so yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do as well I like their kit as well yeah, that that is a nice kit. But yeah, I mean, Southwest is we're really sparse, aren't we? I mean, we've lost um, Plymouth, so that's our for Exeter, like that's our second closest team after Western. But I mean, yeah, you guys are really down there by yourselves now at yeah. the moment, aren't you? Well, I mean, like you think about like some of the other divisions, like I mean, look at London. London's almost got its own. Is enough teams for its own division, and and yeah. the bigger cities like Manchester and Sheffield. Um, Sheffield's got like two or three teams around it. You think Leeds as well isn't only just up the road. The Midlands teams, there's loads of teams along that kind of um, Coventry, Northampton kind of corridor. Um, and then there's the Southwest where everyone's just bloody miles away. It's always shocked me for years that there was never a team in Bristol. I, I, I mean, obviously the Kings fill that void ever so slightly now, and, and I know Western weren't knocking around, which is close. But um, so I yeah, think I mean, Bristol... uh, there is an explanation for that. I think because Bristol has got a massive American football showing. Because yeah. you've got the two university teams, UE and Bristol Uni, and you've got the Fulton College. Um, now, my understanding is that there is actually like. A, a flag type non-contact football league that is kind. Of, I think it's. I think it's run by Ben Herod. This is. This may be years old now nowadays, and it's not run anymore. But this was a couple of years ago. I learned about this, and they do kind of run just like a Bristol flag football league. But it's all very insular and kind of ah, self-contained, and they don't seem to have any interest in trying to play with anyone else. Interesting. I mean. Look, the the pride setup is one of the, you know you can't match it in the UK. It's yeah. it's fantastic what they do, and I can imagine them being quite protective of some of the players because it would be quite a you know some of those players coming out and playing in the flag league it would be a different level for against most opponents. Mm. So 
I can see I can see them being pretty protective of trying to keep those guys in house as much. It as does possible. seem there are quite a few sort of geographical gaps in the southwest. There's not really much representation from sort of Southampton and Portsmouth, which are two big cities. Mm. The the Portsmouth Dreadnoughts have thought of starting up a flag team. It's never really materialised. Um, the Solent Red Storm are a new uh, team sort of based in Southampton. They've got a, a big youth set up, um, but we're sort of... I think we're yeah, we're, we're sort of yet to see them uh, in any sort of mm. competitive uh, aspect, but they've sort of got a squad together. Um, so one to watch for the future, perhaps. I think they're uh, a, a bit like... They they strike me, knowing absolutely nothing about them, but they strike me a bit like the kind of Leicester Huntsman um, adult team, which is basically the Leicester Huntsman youth team's mm. dads. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, you say we've lost Plymouth as well. We've lost, I believe, because we're obviously talking about 2019, we've lost Swindon. Yeah. And actually, if you think about it, we've lost the Reapers as well, who yeah. still are a team, as far as I'm aware, but they aren't affiliated. Yeah, last last time, last time I spoke to Chewy, he was trying to move out of Andover and get somewhere a little more central where he can um, sort of pick up or, or attract players from a better surrounding area. That was the last I heard. It's been a while though. Right, right. Um, so I think I, I I don't think Chewy's done with. Uh, with football. No, I don't think that, I don't think he's done. I talk to Woods every now and again, and he's definitely not done. Yeah. So uh, they'll be back in some. Capacity. They'll be back in in some guise or another. Um, yeah, Lord knows what happened to Plymouth. Uh, well, they seem to turn up to every game day we were at with about four or five players. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if it was just numbers. Yeah, I, and I know that Yain was doing his best to keep keep things together, um, but I think with he's he's quite heavily involved in um bafka um and also i, I believe uh devon rugby i think uh, yeah, yeah. So i think time constraints were just like i don't have time for flying anymore um so i know um, i know one of their receivers jack went over to play in poland as well he did yeah um and so I think yeah, they, they... he went yeah, i think last time i heard from him he was going to stay in Birmingham because he's a Birmingham Lions university player. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't going to come back to Plymouth to play flag over the summer. He was going to stay and train in Birmingham. Anyway, we digress. We have um, digressed massively there. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's we got next? So yeah, the, the, the conference alignments, um, do we do we think there's anyone misplaced? Because um, we've we've obviously got nine uh, nine teams in our division, including uh, two of those Exeter have split into two teams, um, and then you look at the likes of uh, the SEC, which has got um, twelve teams in it. It's a big old division over in the SEC, um, and there's I think a lot of controversy and a lot of contention about. Uh, where certain teams lie in the boundaries and I'm, things. Is there anyone you think yeah. you think you might you might think, well, oh, to balance out the divisions, maybe they could have played in the SWC. Yeah, I mean, I, I excuse my geography here because um, it won't be sharp as anything. But I mean, the Wolves are in Marlow, which is like ten minutes away from Reading. Woking, Woking are like not down the road, but they're more to Surrey way. You know, you can almost make an argument for Berkshire. 
Surrey plus Chichester sort of division, you know, in, in between it all, because the, the distance that Chichester must have to travel to play in, like Exeter, for example, is massive. Um, As the crow flies, I think it doesn't look that much. That. But no, like, the, the, prob- the problem, the problem is like Chichester's one of our longest away days, um, and it's because there's just like. As, as the crow flies geographically, Chichester and um, Ex- Exeter is closer to Chichester than Exeter is close to like uh, Cheltenham, but it's so much quicker to get to Cheltenham because you just fly up the M5 and you're there. Yeah. Whereas across that south coast, there's just no motorways, it's all A roads and it's so slow and it takes ages to get there. Yeah, and it's not to say that the alignment's necessarily wrong, it's just, you know, with everything that goes on with COVID and trying to keep it local, it's funny that. That Reading and Berkshire would not play Wolves, even though they're ten minutes away from each other. It's mm. just a funny wrinkle. But you've got to draw a line somewhere. It's interesting it. how the I mean, you can look at the SEC and the SWC, and I think any objective viewpoint, the SEC is a, a tremendously strong conference, um, yeah. and you can look at that in in one of two ways. One, would it have been better to separate out some of the uh, London and London area teams to have two conferences that are more evenly distributed in terms of talent or is it better to have it this way I mean you look at the SWC you look at the number of new teams and it's not quite the baptism of fire that it could have been for them um, mm-hmm. so I mean from that perspective I, I think the alignment is I think I think you've hit on something there because Unfortunately, um, we had a couple of dropouts from... uh, So rugby decided not to play this year. They didn't fold. They just thought, you know, with all the COVID stuff and with all the rules around having to get people signed up, um, we're not going to risk it this year. Um, And so they decided not to. They'll be back. Same with Leighton Steam. um, And it was the same with uh, Coventry Cougars Ladies. So there's three teams that have dropped out all from the same area. Now, if those three teams had stuck around and then you've got teams like, well, Coventry Cougars lads, Cohen Cougars are a new team. Um, you've got North Hans Titans, North Hans Phantoms, Eaglesby Vale Spartans and arguably Bedford uh, in the same neighbourhood. There's With the three teams that have dropped out, there's an argument there for having basically a Midlands division and then you can separate Midlands from London. It's an impossible task, isn't it? Because whatever you do, someone will end up driving further than they want to yeah. and moan about it. So, <laughs> you know, you kind of just get on with it. The fact that we get to play eight or nine games against people, fantastic. Over the moon. Couldn't couldn't knock Absolutely. it at all. I just want to play flag. The, the, only, the only real issue I can see, and, and I may be way off base here, and I, I certainly don't want to put Lewis in a sticky situation, but if no, do it. on that final weekend that currently has no fixtures, there were to be COVID permitting some form of championship slash playoffs, it would be very difficult to pick who goes to that sort of thing when the divisions are somewhat unbalanced. You could... So I can tell you now, it's not a, it's not a, like a, a championship finals thing. It's, um, it's going to be more like a, a cup fixture and it'll be, you won't be invited. It's like, kind of like first come first serve. I think basically the plan is going to be that it'll be, it'll be run like, like a kind of European festival of football kind of tournament. You sign up um, and, and you get, you know, a certain amount of games and there's a cup you can play for. Um, 
And there's, I think they split it. They're going to split it as well, like north mm. and south. So the HNC and MEC teams will be invited to um, a tournament in Manchester. And I think we're looking at Bristol for a, a southern um, a southern venue. Um, and yeah, it's it's not it's not like you know you topped your division, you get to go if you sign <laughs> up and pay your money. Guess what? You, you go into you can go to the Baffa September Cup or whatever it's going to be called, TBC. Yeah, and it's one of those things that logistically probably would never feasibly work until until flag football gets a lot more serious in the UK. But um, it kind of it wants that FA Cup sort of structure where you end up with a a team playing from Chichester playing a team in Scotland because it just yeah. makes it that much a bit yeah, different, that's, doesn't that's it? The thing that we're um, on is having, um, but I mean, like again, COVID, you've got to draw the line. You can't have yeah, that many. I think I think the plan is to only have sixteen teams um, to that uh, to that cup. So sixteen teams in Manchester, sixteen teams in Bristol, and um, that's on the hope that by the time we get to September, in the situation is so much better that. That is fine. I love the idea of a, of an FA Cup for flag. It's just p- particularly when things get back to an in inverted commas normal, um, and the opportunity, yeah. particularly when you've got a Premiership and Division One for a team in a Division One to get to play someone like the Hurricanes, the Smoke, because you really do only get better by playing those really good teams. And even if it starts by being a regional oh, thing, yeah. and then you know, there becomes a, a sort of finals day for that cup. I think that's a great opportunity. And you have sort of situations where the smoke, when they came into the league, they were already one of the best teams, but they had to go through Division One before they could get to the Premiership. Mm. It would give those teams an opportunity to to really push themselves against the best in the country. Iron sharpens iron. Um, you know, to some extent... We've been doing this a long time now, playing in the in the southwest. I more or less have an idea of what to expect um, every time I go up against Chichester or Reading. Um, you know, um, it's it's refreshing to be able to get some game film as a coach against a completely different team and just hey, look, they do this thing. Maybe we can steal that, or oh, we're susceptible to this that Glasgow do, which nobody else in the southwest does. There's always, there's always, so there's two things with this. One is the technical ability to play a team that you've got no information on. Um, and how do you approach that mm. problem solving as a, as a coach in, on both sides of the ball? And then there's a second thing of, you know, within a division that's a league format, you will always have a natural strong team at the top and a naturally weaker team at the bottom. Whereas actually in a cup format, you can get your, you know, if, if you want to use a proper football sort of term, the, the Jets or the, the Jaguars going on a, on a long cup run and ended up in a semi-final just because they get some good draws. Um, and that's that's the magic of a cup competition. So, you know, one day it would be really cool to see. I'm not putting pressure on Baffer at all for them to sort it out. I think they've done a decent job of getting Agreed. some football this year. That's <laughs> the one time I'll be really, really positive about Baffer. But they've, I have to, you have to give credit where credit's due, I think. So we've got a bunch of new teams in our division, as we've touched upon. Now, I don't want to go in too much detailing on them because we do have shows coming up um, where we're going to have some of the guys on. So next week, um, I think we've got Kinch and Kings coming up. Um, so we've got uh, Dylan and Craig uh, are going to join us on the show um, and we'll talk all things K 
Hainsham should be interesting. But do we have any kind of predictions or expectations of what to expect? Um, what we think in for, for these new teams? We'll start with Hainsham. So for the Kings, my sort of, and, and bearing in mind, obviously, we, some of these teams we've never even seen at all. So I'm perfectly basing my predictions off of social media. Um, I think the Kings look like they've got a lot of players. They've obviously recruited a couple in terms of like Kraus and Dylan, um, who are experienced players, but I think they're going to mix that in with a bunch of new people. Um, I kind of think they'll be solid for the first year and I think they'll grow quite nicely based around that Bristol area as well. Um, I don't expect too many fireworks and upsets straight off the bat, but I think they will be pretty From what solid. I've seen again, all, all research is being done off social media, um, but I see uh, Crag playing receiver, which um, I think is a, a very positive thing uh, for the Kings. He is a, he's a very good quarterback, but he's definitely more talented as an athlete um, and I think if he's mm. going to be a, a receiving threat for them, as opposed to playing quarterback, I think that's going to be um, very positive for them. Could make them quite dangerous. So we've actually played Kingsham a couple of times. We um, we took them through the affiliate process. We were partnered up with them. So we went up to them um, and they came down to us as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, that was a long time ago now. Because that was the, like the first time we were allowed out of lockdown and everyone quickly dashed to do any affiliate stuff that they needed to. And then we was back into lockdown. Um, but we got those games out of the way nice and quick. Um, and yeah, like, like, like I say, they're, they're pretty solid. They were, I think back then they were, they were still quite green. Um, the, uh, the first game day, um, I think both, so we split into our Falcons, two Falcons teams and they played the both of us. Um, I think, I think we came away victorious both times. Um, and then they, they uh, when we went to them, they got one win over us. So it was good to see that they would, you know, they, in, in that respect, they'd learned from their mistakes. And definitely the, the, um, the game day at Kingsham, um, which was the second game day, um, they were a lot better. They'd improved. They'd clearly learned a lot from the first game day against us learned their lessons and, and made us pay for it. It was an absolute cracker um, that uh, the first game of the away game day because it was just an absolute defensive struggle for the entire game. Um, and then I think they scored uh, and got the extra point. Um, we stalled out on the... Uh, I say we. This was the Falcons green team led by Ethan um, stalled out on the goal line. So really we needed a miracle if we were going to come away with anything. There was like 20 seconds left in the game and they threw a pick six. <laughs> so it was six nil with no time left on the board. Um, and uh, and we managed to get, um, no, they, they got the extra point. That's right. We were forced to go for two. And I, I even said to Ethan, I said, I, I play, play the draw, mate, just go for one, play it safe. Um, but he didn't. He went for two, and the jammy gate he got it. Um, so that game finished eight seven. It was an absolute cracker to watch. Um, and then they came out and absolutely crashed me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think they they they're quick learners. Um, Dylan and Craig are the right guys to have at the helm. They've got a, a lad as well, Sam Hemingsley, um, who I think is 
come from Hurricane Stock and Swansea Titans University and all that contacty stuff. Um, and he's got an experienced head on him as well. And boy, is he tall. Jeepers. He's just tall and lanky and rangy. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. I think they're um, a, a solid kind of mid table. I think they'll I think they'll they'll not embarrass themselves, um, and I think they'll they've just got a good base to build upon. Um, next up is Chantman Neptunes, who, as I said earlier on, um, for me, rookie favourites. I think they're going to upset a few people. They've got a big squad. Don't sleep on them. Um, They've been training a lot. Like I say, they've got lots of OFL experience. Well, they've not played Baffer, but they're definitely not rookies in that kind of sense. It's just that this is their first Baffer um, season. What do you guys think? Yeah. I think their social media looks really good. <laughs> um, that's my that's my assessment of them. I mean, look, I've not played them. I've not seen them at OFL. Uh, they seem to be really well organised. Every time I've talked to the... Um, the guys over there in the WhatsApp groups and whatever, they seem to sort of be on it and, and know what they're doing. So from a structural point of view, they look they look well set up and that normally points towards good results in the field. Um, they've certainly got a big squad as well, which always helps. So yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I think they will be better than the average new team, mm-hmm. uh, especially with yeah, that extra yeah. year. Uh, tall, tall quarterback makes good decisions. Uh, I think his name's Justin. Sorry if I got it wrong. Um, but... Uh, you always notice the tall people in this division because there aren't many of them. <laughs> we find that on the Sharks. There's a lot, lot of short people. <laughs> I was going to say the Sharks. You yeah, really, you really, short, really notice someone who's sort of, you know, six foot two and above. You're like, oh, God, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I've seen him play against the Sharks. He made some, made some really good decisions with the football. Um, got a guy, I think his name's Dan, but he's a, he's a former Sheffield Viper. So they should have some experience of, you know, flag competition, Baffer leagues, and and he should add a bit of expertise to that team, I would think. Um, but yeah, I can certainly see them upsetting the apple cart as well this year. Yeah, I've not, um, I've not. We the Falcons have actually played them, but I wasn't there. I think I was off. Uh, I actually can't remember whether it was my own stag do. Did they just not tell you? Or... <laughs> no, I was I was very much involved in all the organisation of it, um, which was really annoying because it was just like, oh, you're all going to go play football, and I don't get to. Um, but uh, no, I think I think it was my I think it was my best mate stag do. I think I was away that weekend. But anyway, so um, I can't actually remember what the results were. Um, but from from what I've picked up from um, teammates and things is like they definitely gave us a run for our money. I think we got the win. Um, but they didn't half uh, push us. Um, so yeah, I think they're they're my dark horse. I think they'll surprise quite a few people. I think they'll um, they'll finish higher than, uh, than even maybe what I've got. We'll come on to that later <laughs> in my predictions. Um, and last but not least, the team I know absolutely nothing about, but hopefully Jake can shed some light on is the new guys, Berkshire Renegades. Yeah, so we did, we like you did with um, Keynesham, we did Berkshire's affiliate games at Reading. Um, so played them once at our place, and I cannot remember the score, Tom Ed. I think it was 59-0 in the first game. Um, and it's it's not to be not to be disparaging, but they were clearly, 
fish out of water. I think they they have a lot of contact guys there because obviously Berkshire Renegades is a very big, well run contact team um, in the area. So a lot of contact guys there that either were sort of second or or sort of um, uh, on the edge first team players who kind of approached it like a contact game and drew a lot of penalties as a result because they were quite contact heavy, which we didn't mind because we come from a contact team as well. Um, but on the second game, uh, Kiwi, who's the head coach of the University of Reading and the general manager of the Berkshire Renegades, put in some time with them, I think, over the couple of weeks. And can't, again, I can't remember the score, but they actually managed to score a few touchdowns that time. So they definitely improved a bit. They definitely changed their their approach to the game. Um, I think looking forward, they're a team that will grow from year one to year two. But I think year one will be... Uh, a large learning experience and a, and a sharp curve. For them. I I don't have much to add. I've I've not seen them. I've I've seen the results of their games against Reading, but I think with any team in this, it's it's been a while since we've seen anyone. So it's pretty difficult to count anyone out at this stage. You never know who's turned up during COVID. Sure, I think. Actually, I, I, I know nothing about them other than the Reading results. Um, but I like to, you know, think positively, and I think they can certainly. I like to think they'll maybe get, um, you know, some good games in with the likes of the other new teams like Kingsham and maybe Cheltenham, and I think they could, you know, maybe steal a game off White. Um, but we'll see. We shall see how they go. I think there's. I, I think our division at the moment is quite. Um, polarized in that I don't I don't necessarily see them maybe giving the likes of Chichester or Reading or Western uh, a run for their money but they can certainly have some close games I think with the other end of uh, of the division cool so uh, before we crack on with um, our predictions bold predictions upsets and how we think the table's going to look at the end of the year um just wanted to see if you guys had anybody in mind that you think should be spotlighted um in the SWC. So if you can come up with three players that are not from your team, um you think uh deserve a bit of a spotlight, you know, who to watch might surprise some people or are gonna shine. Ooh, three. Um okay, yeah, I, I think I can manage that. Um, so not from my team, but um, I'm going to start with a Reading Devil. Um, and Jay will have to tell me if he's still there because my information may be out of date. But James Thal, <laughs> still still a Devil? Yeah, right. and I'll slip well, you that tenner later for bringing his name um, up. A lot, of, lot of good players on the Reading Devils, but as, as sort of somebody who runs the defence for Chichester... He's he's the guy I worry about the most. Very, very athletic, very agile, um, really good player. Got a lot of passes thrown his way in that uh, plate final against us. Um, yeah, definitely somebody that everybody in the league should be watching out for this year. You know, a, test, a testament I think to the to the Devils um, organization, coaching all the players. For me. 
I struggle with individual names. Basically, I know Jay and I know Home Alone, and that's about it. And I think that I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's just because I have to deal with them as, as captains and and you know heads of their uh, of their you know communications and things. But the one thing that I do notice is just they work so well as a team. The offensive unit. I, say, I couldn't name anybody else, but that unit just runs on time. And same on defense. The whole defense works as a team. And no one person, I think, is uh, is sort of above that. Anyway. Yeah, again, Lewis, I'll slip you that. <laughs> um, you think? The, 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 there's always a negative to playing out of a university. Um, because we start our season probably about three or four weeks later than everybody else because we're probably playing a playoff game for contact. Um, the benefit, of it obviously, is in general, those players have played with each other most of the way through the winter and actually most of them live about two minutes from each other. So they go to the park or they go to a pub or they you know, just sit at each other's houses and do whatever You know, most of the time. So they're such a tight-knit unit. Um, JT's JT's been with the with the university probably since 2017. I want to say, um, turned up two minutes before our camp, and said, "Can I come?" And we we go away for a weekend, and and he just turned up, went, learnt the playbook overnight, and like by the time we came to our games on the Sunday, he was he was probably vying for a, a starting spot, and and since then he's been he's got his head down, worked really really hard in the gym which really, really hard on his game and he sort of deserves to be pushing the plaudits that he's getting. Um, and hopefully, I, I really want to see him push on to some more national attention. So, uh, yeah, Gareth, I've got, I've got a lot of time for your pick there. You're getting that 20 quid that you owe us from Jim. <laughs> yeah, um, will it pay <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry, Gareth. That's all right. Cut you um, off okay. Uh... I don't want to. Ta- I don't. I don't want to take all the ones that you've picked as well. Does somebody else want to want to give somebody or does want to shout out? Yeah, I, I can go if you like. Um, I don't want to get his name wrong. I, I'll, I'll try and not butcher it, but I think his name's oh, Jack Taylor. Taken Holder, my mind. QB from Should have gone first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think Isle of Wight are one of those teams that they're always there or thereabouts, but. As a QB, Jack always really stands out to me. I don't know whether it's his ginger hair or what it is, but um, he's uh, yeah, he's always his arm talent is 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 a lot better than the average sort of QB you you come across in flag. There's one thing I pretend he always him, it would be that he always looks at the like when he's under when he's under center, he looks at the ball rather than yes. Yes. if I yes. could change just one thing, it would be that. <laughs> I, I sort of think with with Jack, it's kind of like. He needs he needs probably four or five games against a button hooker or a smoked sort of defense, and he would sort of fly with it because he'd have to make those those reads so mm-hmm. much quicker. But yeah, I think I think he's a great player. I, I think he's a good guy when I've talked to him. Just and, no, yeah, he he noticeably a, a improved throughout the twenty nineteen season. Um, start start of the season, and, and no yeah, disrespect meant massively. to the Hellhounds, but they they didn't look good, and by the end of the season, they were they were playing really well against good teams they beat they beat us in one of the games they beat swindon they beat uh the wolves second team and the wolverines i think um and that was all i in sort of the latter half of the season they gave us a run i mean by the time we by the time we faced them our team had been absolutely demolished by injuries 
Um, but I mean, they, yeah, they, the, the evidence was there um, and they gave us a run for our money. See if they. Go on, Lewis. You must. Oh, have I've got loads, mate. Um, <laughs> I I prepare for this show. <laughs> yeah. So, not me and Gary just making it up. <laughs> um, first of all, I want to address the the elephant in the room, which doesn't count. I'm not, I'm not counting this as as my three, any of my three, but um, that Chichester offense of Shorty will. Um, and Corey is let's just address that because that's ridiculous and I'm not looking forward to having to defend that so but now that they, they can be the honourable mentions because like I said I think they're the they're the elephant in the room uh, yeah they're, they're not you'll, you'll, see, you'll hear enough about them through the season the and then uh, yeah exactly and so now that that's addressed we can we can talk about um you know some other deserving names um i've mentioned him once already my my number one guy to, to keep your eye on is going to be out of kingsham it's sam hemmingsley I, um because offensively i think he's almost unstoppable he is tall he is rangy he is smart he knows the roots he knows the playbook he knows how he's got great chemistry with his quarterback um and he just he knows He's got good football smarts and he's just got the physical abilities like to just take over games. You know, he can stretch the field. You just throw the ball up on like, like as we mentioned earlier, there's not many there's not much height in our division. So if you get someone who is as tall as Sam, I think he's like six foot four, six foot five, something like that, it's ridiculous. Um if you get a guy like that that you can just sling a ball on the top shelf, like that's an asset for your team. And I think he's gonna I think he's going to shine for that. He's going to be a big part of Kingsham's success, I think. Okay, I'm going to Go take Gareth, someone now from the Western Supers. And realistically, I could pick any of the five who turned up to Manchester and steamrolled the Division One Championship. Uh, but I'm going to pick Sam <laughs> Matthews um, because... I feel that there, particularly the final, the offence ran through him. He's a great athlete, very elusive, um, not not always used in a you know in a way of stretching the field. There's a lot of jet sweeps, and one of the things that Western do very well is that they have a very creative offence. There's multiple people who can throw. There's a lot of misdirection. Um, and one of the things I think they showed in that in that final was that of those five, there wasn't a weak link for the other teams to attack. Um, but Sam, in particular, I felt uh, stood out in that final. I think he's definitely going to be one to watch this year. Yeah, I agree. I had Sam on my list too. <laughs> it's okay. I have backups. Go on, Jay. And. Um, so my next one's also from um, from the Kings, and, and I don't want to get the name wrong. Um, but I'm going to do my best. I think it's I think her name's Sophie Parsons, and I don't know which club she's come from, but she's come from somewhere in the Midlands. But we we've talked a lot about offensive talent here, defensive talent. If you watch some of the Kings' film, absolutely stands out, and and, and there's no other way of saying 
she just clearly knows what she's doing. She does it really, really well. And she's sort of two or three steps ahead of what she's doing. I'm really excited to see how she plays in the, in the division this year. Um, yeah, not more, more, not much more I can give on that one because obviously I've not seen the Kings play too much. But uh, yeah, really excited for that for the year. So as uh, as as you took my number two, Sam Matthews, uh, my my backup for Sam is yet another Western Super um, and a guy who I think goes flies under the radar in that team um, a little bit, but. Dan Frost is just so underrated, I think. He is lightning quick, and he's also got one hell of an arm because he doesn't have the prettiest deep ball, I don't think. But if they do have, like, if they're in Hail Mary mode they and they and they give it to, um, to Dan, he's just got a rocket of an arm. He can throw the length of the field and make it look pretty and it lands in the right place. But also he's just lightning quick and he's got a great set of hands. And I think, I don't think he gets, uh, I, there's a couple of names on that team like Sam and Matt, who I think take a lot of, um, a lot of the limelight and people talk about a lot. Um, and defensively Jacob as well is great at, at playing the sort of single high safety defense that they run. And I think because those three, um, take a lot of the discussion. I think takes a lot of spotlight yeah, off Dan. They, I think he deserves they, it. I had had a look earlier today. They generated a huge number of interceptions in the 2019 season. There were mo- yeah, <laughs> I, I think I, I think Dan and Jacob <laughs> were both either in double figures for interceptions or or close to it. So. Yeah, and this is it. He can play both sides of the ball exceptionally well. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they put him in coverage, and he's a receiver, and he just does it all. I have a lot of time for Dan. Oh, is it back to me? Uh, back to you, number three. Should have prepared. Let's go with... Let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you, when you talk about Gareth's performance and name the other three receivers, not me, it's, it's fair to be a little bit hurt. Um, no, of course, <laughs> I, I ap- appreciate that we've got the, the two GB Silver Lions and Will, who is absolutely of that quality as well. Um, I am a defensive coordinator, so let's talk about somebody who flies under the radar a bit defensively again. Do, don't know if he's still there. James Hegarty, still a, still a devil? Excellent. Well deserved. Yeah, um, now the head coach. Really enjoy watching him when he's playing defense. Mm. He has surprising range, and obviously another person who brings some height to the division. Um, I hope that doesn't come across as a, a backhanded compliment. But no, I can't wait to tell some, him he's got some of the time range. he plays sort of the. <laughs> the deep safety role. And I, I think he plays it very well. It's almost like a, a sweeper in, in football. He just picks up anything that gets past the sort of first line of defense. And there's been many times where I have felt that I've got off the line. Well, beaten the cornerback who's covering me and then run straight into James. Um, so it's more, a, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like James Dahl. It's more just out of a sense of pure annoyance that I, I want to highlight these players. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, Hags, I'll, I'll comment on Hags because I know him. Um, he, he'd probably <laughs> say he doesn't play a sweeper row, he plays a libero because he's a bit more he's a bit more fancy than that. Um, Hags is, again, because I know them all from, from university, he joined us on the uni team in 2015, was originally a tight end, if you can believe it. Um, couldn't catch anything, so went to defence and then became president of the university club in his final year. So, good leader of men. Uh, will do very, very well as the head coach of the uh, of the Devils and is uh, yeah, an asset to any team. Runs, runs the defence incredibly well. Um, great player. Number three, Jay. Oh, he's me. Sorry, yes. And I don't know this player's surname. And uh, and as per normal, I've just gone onto, onto Instagram and attempted to find out who it is. Um, his name's Chris. Uh, plays for the Renegades, number seven. He was their blitzer and he also played a bit of slot for them. I don't know what his surname is, like I said, but incredibly good speed, incredibly good hands. I think if you're going to see one player emerge from a brand new team, Chris, number seven, uh, is that player. Cool. I look forward to seeing Chris in person. Um, so, my third and final, uh, I am going to. Uh, I am going to Chichester. Uh, I'm sorry, Gareth, it's not you. Um, <laughs> uh, it's Kate, Kate Brunvald. I, I so. hope I've pronounced that right. Um, cool. Um, because I think she works super hard. Um, and I think she's got the ability from, um, I think we, we only played the one time last, last season and, um, she was an absolute nightmare um, blitzing. Uh, and I think when we were one big division, um, I think there was a lot of good blitzers. I gave a lot of, um, when I say one big division, I mean um, with with Wales and all. Um, I've always given a lot of love to Chan from the Hurricanes. Um, and I've always thought really highly of um, Andy oh, the chap from the he Gators. Is, he is a fantastic Andy, Andy Gibbony. Uh, yeah. A really, really good. I think really with with Will, the Welsh teams out of the picture, um, I think Kate could absolutely be the one who takes that kind of top blitzing spot in our division. She's just a nightmare, and I and I've been following her on Instagram, and she's been working hard, and she's got that um, that Kate uh, Kate Fitness Brewing Fitness. I can't remember exactly what the the account's called, but. Um, She's put follow. the entire squad to shame by turning up in the shape she's in compared to the shape the rest of us are in. Um, you know, she's <laughs> devoted to her, her flag football. Um, you know, she's a yeah, she's a she's a GB line, she's a she's a fantastic blitzer, but you're also gonna see her playing defensive back. Um, she's probably gonna play some centre. Um, she's just got a fantastic set of skills, and uh, yes, she's absolutely fearless as well. Like there's there's a lot of, I mean, it, it can be daunting because I know we're a mixed league, but it's very much male dominated, um, and the, I, you know, this it's easy for people to kind of get lost or kind of cower a little bit, and she just her, does not. She's absolutely her, fearless, and I respect her for that. And she's just yeah. her, anything her you can do, I can do better. Ridiculous. Kind she'll, of attitude. She'll turn up to tournaments like Big Bowl and play for the yeah. Sharks and for Hyde Park Renegades. Yeah. 
I'm just... <laughs> that blew me. That blew my mind. I am absolutely not fall that she put herself no, forward for the no, 24 hour marathon in Scotland and I mean she could do 24 hour football marathon and not even come off the field like I have, I would that wouldn't surprise me after she did big ball and played for both teams like nothing surprises me anymore <laughs> I also think she could probably not have <laughs> So that's that's my comment on Kate. No, fantastic player. Yeah, I I fully expect her to be one of the the more dominant blitzers. Um, well, I'm not I'm not giving season. anything away. <laughs> I'll allow you. I'll allow you one one from your team that we haven't talked about. Uh, one we haven't talked uh, about. The spotlight. Um, we've we've mentioned him. I think as part of. Um, Gav <laughs> Quiddy says Gav Price. We, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about most of the Chichester team. The we talked about Neil acquisition now, for us that we haven't had before is is Will Quigley. Um, he he played for us at yeah. Flagging New Year, but he's yet to play a a Baffer League game for us. Um, should be in the GB setup, in in my opinion. I think it's an oversight that he's not there. Uh, not only is he, you know, he has has a different set of skills from Corey and Shorty, but no less effective than either of them as a receiver. Um, and he has the versatility. He's going to be one of our key defensive players this year. Um, again, somebody who is certainly a lot fitter than me, but fitter than many of us on the Sharks. Um, but has just this incredible innate awareness when he's playing defense. Um, he's going to be very hard to beat deep. Um, so, yeah, I think he's, he's certainly somebody who, if you don't know his name at the start of this year, you'll know it by the end of it. Uh, mine for the devils would probably be a guy called Tom Holwell. Um, he is the well up until um, COVID hit, he was the quarterback for the contact team at the university, um, and has probably broken every single passing record that the school's ever had. Um, but he, for in flag, is probably uh, and this is a big call to make. I realise I'm probably going to upset a bunch of people. He's probably the best corner Oof. in the league, hands down. Um, you you can go on to our our team shop and buy a Holwell Island T-shirt if you want to, um, but genuinely one on one he is locked down. Um, the guy is insane. He reads the game at such a high level. Um, he's not athletic at all, um, but he's got a great range on him. So yeah, Tom would be my uh, or Holwell would be my uh, my pick. Nice. I've got uh, a raft of people. I think I could. I'd like to mention um, some names I've talked about on podcasts previously, but I think we've actually taken on quite a lot of rookies um, this year throughout lockdown who joined us. Um, so it's, I think I'd like to, there's a couple of those who I think are definitely um, worthy mentions. I think the one that I'm most excited about seeing is probably a young lad called Callum Twine. Um, he's very much new. His first game was the uh, the affiliate game day we played in Canesham, and he's just rapid quick. And and I thought Patrick, who's our usual line, uh, linebacker blitzer, I thought he was fast. And 
Callum just if he can if he can learn to break down and and kind of not go raging past quarterbacks, which he has been since that game day. Like that caught him out a couple of times, but it was his first game day. He hadn't had many practices either. Um, but he's just super quick. Callum is rapid quick, and I think he is going to be a nuisance for for quarterbacks. Um, just once he kind of gets a bit more sort of football flag football smarts uh, in his head. Um, so yeah, Callum's fine. Remember the name because he's going to be blitzing you. Neil will just smile at you. That that Calvin, uh, yeah. that, that Calvin Calvin. <laughs> 15-yard yeah. shotgun. You've seen that with the Rebels? He stands so far away. Yeah. That's the tactic. It's just like, oh, well, you, uh, sorry, your guy, you can run a 4-4, can you? Right, well, let me just step back. <laughs> Meanwhile, Neil's got that really annoying little shoulder dip that he does. I don't understand how it works. He doesn't move his feet. He doesn't move his just hips. He just moves up. his shoulder and somehow the defender misses. <laughs> yes. I'll get it. Many a player have insulted you. I mean, I've, been, I've been in the league with Neil for the best part of 15 years more than I think um, I, I still don't week know in, how week out it. and I don't get it <laughs> <laughs> okay right let's talk predictions let's talk positioning let's talk upsets <laughs> we're not going to do are you going to note these down and then then tell us at the end of the season? Yeah, I'm going to do that now. <laughs> that's, I think that's definitely so let me that's get something right. there's, to there's eight yeah. games take, take a now. moment to take a note of as well is that it's it's almost this year is almost sort of like the the Six Nations in rugby. It's it's going to be really interesting for you know to see who wins this because losing one game suddenly winning the division's not really in your hands anymore and losing two it's over it's not like when you've got a a 16 game season and you know you can lose you can have a bad game day even and still get where you want to get um it really is going to make every game this year really important it's like and, and six nations is a great comparison it's like college football you are effectively, you need to be perfect to make any sort of stake in the claim that you're the best team in the country. Um, and it makes it so intriguing to, uh, to be a part of. <laughs> Lewis, is that giving you enough time to uh, make an Excel spreadsheet? I'm old-fashioned pen and paper, mate. <laughs> oh, All right, we're throw, throwing me to really the Lions cool. first. Oh, okay. okay, well, go on, Gareth. You... Go on. I'm fine. Yeah, you can so, go first. You can uh, be oh, wrong. I'll catch up with you in just a second. I'm going to write down each team's name, and then, um, and then I will write down what oh, you do. think their record we're, will be. Um, we're doing and records as well. You think they, will, okay. they will come. Yeah, I just, you know, you know, you know the teams. Yeah, you know the teams they're going to be coming up against. Um, so you know, roughly give, a, give us stab in the dark at roughly how many you think. That, I was be just able thinking that there's no. I, I'm just going to have to go this from just nine and zero to zero and nine you, yeah. because as soon as I start giving, oh god, yeah. <laughs> well, there's only eight, eight games. Not getting a free win against Wolves. <laughs> 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 Um, okay, <laughs> you can correct my maths if it's wrong, but let's go. Uh, number one, 
Listeners, we've had more people come to training than ever before the last two weeks. Um, it's a lot of old squad members and some new rookies. Everybody's looking really keen. Uh, Will, Shorty, Corey, Kate, a lot of talent on that team and, and I hope that we're going to have a really good season. Um, number two, Reading Devils. Uh, I guess that would make them seven and one. Uh, again, team with a ton of really talented players on there. We've mentioned some of them, but uh, Dan Woods, if he's still there as well, on top of everybody we've mentioned, just a really solid team all around. Uh, number three, Western Supers. We've covered most of them, um, but they're coming off a really good 2019. Uh, number four, this is, this is where it starts. This is where I've been switching people around all day. Um, Canesham Kings, I'm going to go with number four. Um, I've just realised I've stopped giving wins. Uh, what would that make Weston? Six, six and two for Weston? Uh, I, please, I'm doing this in my head. There's no way I, like I can get more complicated. It's probably not going to add up at the end either. So, um, Cajun Kings, um, what's that? Five and three. Uh, then in f- fifth, uh, let's go with one of the Exeter Falcons teams. Not sure which one. Not going to predict which one. One of them. Um, one of the. <laughs> sure. I'll, uh, I'll put it down as four. I'll put it down as my one. <laughs> um, I think, in fact, the two Exeter teams are going to be split by the Cheltenham Neptunes in sixth. Um, and they're going to go three and five. Uh, then Exeter Falcons, the other team, two and six. White Hellhounds, I feel bad putting them this low, but I wonder how easy they're going to find it in COVID times getting a team across to the mainland for three of the four game days. And that's the main reason I've yeah. got them in eighth at one and seven. And then Berkshire Renegades, purely because I don't know anything about them. And all I've got to go on is the two affiliate games in ninth with an 0 and 8 record. That didn't go too badly with the maths. <laughs> No, I think it all makes sense. I think I think that I think that adds up. I think you've got a. You, you I mean, you you avoided the, the the pothole of well, saying who they're going to lose to. Um, originally, I was, I was gonna, looking at you know the potential for a three way tie atop the division between Sharks, Devils, and Supers. But as soon as you said that you wanted records, there was no way I was going for that maths. <laughs> You go for it, mate. Do you want me to go next? Right, I've just I've just changed this at the last minute. So can I go? I'm going to go. Top, yep. I'm going to go bottom up if that's all right. Um, so I think the Renegades will come in in last, similar to Gareth. I think they'll go one and seven. Um, I think they will win one game. I don't know against two. I think the Hellhounds will come above them in uh, what is this eighth 
um, and I think they'll also go one and seven. And that that logic is based completely on the fact that over twenty nineteen they improved drastically. I think with the and, and this is going to sound so horrible. That's uh, the age of that squad. Another year probably doesn't help them. Um, so I, I'm interested to see how, what the progression is from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one. Lewis, which um, team are you on? I will. I. So the, technically we're split by colour, so we're going black or green. I'm on black. <laughs> okay, so Falcons yeah, black will be two and six. <laughs> I, I'd like to change mine as well. Um, because Lewis is playing for them. The um, Neptunes <laughs> <laughs> will then be above them and I have them at three and five. Um Simply because, again, I, I've not seen a lot of the Neptunes. I do think they're a dark horse, but again, we're in we're in a lot of shootouts here, so it's easy to put them three and five. Uh, I think then the other Falcons team that isn't Lewis's will be at four and four. So similar to Gareth, I've split those two um, with the Neptunes, and then it gets slightly interesting. I think there'll be a uh, a tie for second, a three-way tie for second in terms of records between the Western, uh, so Western Supers. Cainsham Kings and the Devils. Um, I think they'll all go six and two. I personally think that Weston will outscore uh, all three. I think the Kings will outscore the Devils. Um, so it will go Weston in second, Kings in third, Devils in fourth. Hang on, do that again. Weston in second, Kings in third, did you say? Kings in third, six and two, and then the Devils in fourth at six and two as well. Um, and then I think Chichester will go seven and one purely because I still think I'll be Chichester, <laughs> even though I've never done it. Um, <laughs> uh, Neil lives in my head rent free, as he knows. It's your but, optimism uh, yeah, that we love I the most. I think I'll be Chichester, so there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, every year I come back and I try really, really hard, and then, and then I have to sort of say to Neil at the end, all right, well, yeah, okay, fair enough, you won that one. But this is I'll the get year. you next this time. This is the year, this wasn't the year. Trying to retire. <laughs> I'm like a dog that no one loves, and I keep coming back. Ah, okay, me, I'm up. Okay, so I, I, like, your, I like your system of going um, bottom up. I think it adds a, an element of um, suspense, so I'm going to do the same. Um, I, I have the Hellhounds. Uh, going 0 and 8, um, and I'm I'm not really basing much much on that other than um, Berkshire Renegades. I think will be the ones uh, they'll be in eighth, and that will be the their sole game. I think they'll steal a game from um, the Isle of Wight this year. Um, again, I don't know Berkshire very well, but um, from what from what I've heard. They've got a lot of contact players, so they've got a lot of people who understand the game, um, and I think they'll learn as they go. Uh, and by by the end of the year, I think they'll I think they'll steal a game, and I think that'll be maybe considered a bit of an upset. Who knows? Um, in seventh, I have Kingdom Kings two and six. Um, again, similar story. I think I think they'll be involved. They'll feel hard done by. I think for being in seventh, and I think seventh will not be a position that. Uh, will do them justice. And I think they'll be in a lot of tight games that will be decided by less than a score. Um, and I think they'll feel hard done by being just on the wrong side. And then, as we said earlier, coming into year two is just going to be 
a, a massive change for them. I think this is going to be a big old learning year and then year two is going to be where they really come into their own. Uh, above them, and, and I mentioned this earlier, I know I said, I know I said Cheltenham might surprise a few people, um, but I've put them in sixth and I think they might come higher. And I think, I'm, I think I've only put them in sixth really because I'm optimistically thinking my Falcons will do better. Um, so there's, there's, again, this could be real tight, I think, with the Falcons green who I've got in fifth. Um, Cheltenham Neptunes, I think three and five, sorry, would be their record. Um, and I think Falcons green is probably uh, fifth with four and four. And I think that record could be flipped. I think those that, that could go either way. You know, they could, that's going to be a good game. Um, and then above green, uh, I've got, um, my own team, extra Falcons, five and three, uh, and I think that's. I know. I just, and it's it's just it's just that I like <laughs> like you guys, Chichester, Reading, Western uh, are going to be the games that we. I think we're we're, we're in danger of dropping. Um, Western are rightfully um, a um, a premiership team. Um, we struggled with them all year last year. We struggled with them in friendlies. Uh, we we are yet to beat them, um, and uh, I guess until until we do, until we show otherwise, what more can I go on? Um, <laughs> well, you could just be like me. Sometimes, Jason, when you've never beaten, that's what you do. You can just arrogant. pure pure arrogance. That's, that's, Look, it's law of averages. That's, that's out there on on the internet for for people to hear forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's worse things on the internet. Maybe. Uh, I think I think if we're gonna if we're gonna do any better than that, I think Reading is probably the team that we might be eyeing up um, as a as a potential upset. Uh, if we've got you know the right conditions, if we've got a full strength squad, maybe Reading are uh, lacking a bit. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what um, when we play or if it's the second or third game of the day or whatever. Um, that could be the one I'm eyeing up as an upset. Um, but Chichester, 8 and 0, I don't see anyone stopping that offense. I mean, it's just like we talked about before, the, there's so few games this so, season that, you know, it, it's anybody's game, particularly, you know, you get, a, you get a game day where people don't turn up, people aren't available. You never know what's going to happen. It, it's going to be a really interesting season. Yeah, and only say we've been... yeah, I've already packed the laxatives. Don't worry. For, uh, for the <laughs> hey guys, we brought you a Gatorade bucket. <laughs> right, yeah. So that's all written down, um, and we'll revisit this at the end of the year and see how we did. Um, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I look forward to that uh, that wrap up show at the end of the year where we can look back on some of these games and and. Um, I look forward to yeah recording more as the as the year goes by and um, just talking about the game days we've each been to. Um, as for next week, uh, we have as we mentioned before, we've got Dylan and Craig coming and uh, joining us, and we will Lewis talk will have all to defend, things. Kings you'll have Kings. to defend your um, predicting we'll get low down on the seventh. Let's kind of see. 
tactically yeah i know i feel bad it was more sensible to do what bad. jay and i did I, I, and predict I them higher as they're our first guests we will we're all gonna have to do it for berkshire and cheltenham as well oh yeah yeah hey yeah by all means Call me all the names under the sun. You just gotta, you gotta win first. <laughs> I will happily, I will happily eat my words yeah, at the end of true. the year if, uh, if you go out and smash it. I, I wish them we all, want to all see the new well. teams I all mean, the best. Obviously, we Prove all want me to wrong. win, but I, I would love to see Gordon, Kencham, Chelsea, yeah, absolutely, Berkshire really surprise some people. I mean, we, we, we. <laughs> I say, I say last year, as in 2019, we didn't have the greatest of relationships with Western. Um, we had some close matches. We had some a lot of, you know, bickering and shouting rules and things. And, oh, come on, ref. Uh, there was a lot of that in our games. Um, but it was great to see a first-year team in the Southwest just surprising everyone. You know, I think I think a lot of people have these preconceptions about first year teams just being like, oh, it's going to be, you know, it's Baffer, it's going to be a, it's going to be a strange year for you. It's like, and then they just go out and shock everyone. Like, say they have this really surprising um, misdirection kind of offense, and then it wasn't just in the Southwest. They went up against like Leeds yeah. um, Samurai in the first round of the playoffs, um, and you know, Leeds had the number one scoring offense. In in Div One, and they just nope, brush that aside. Next, um, I can't remember who Gunsling it was. They came up in the second round, and then they went up against um, yeah the Gunslingers, which is like your your all star team, isn't it? Uh, at the time, um, and that was a really tense game. So it was it was nice to just be like, oh, you know what? It's nice to see a, a rookie outfit and a team new to the league go and go and win it all, despite our. You have to remember that the Southwest is particularly strong for flag football. As much as as much as we might think the league might be slightly predictable, I mean, twenty nineteen. If I get if I get all my stats right, so twenty eighteen, the Southwest All Stars won the Super Flags, whatever it's called, tournament. The, the sort of into yeah, the Southwest Dragons won it that year. Yeah, All Star teams. They they won it that year. Twenty nineteen, the national champions of Cardiff, who are technically part of the Southwest, when when Wales isn't in, in lockdown separately. Um, obviously, the Supers went up as Division One champions, and then the plate final was between and you had two the, the Reapers, who if they hadn't been and, and uh, got that sweep as sort well, of decimated by finals day, might have might have challenged uh, the Supers for that title as well. The Am I right in thinking they were exactly. they were also exactly. premiership, they wouldn't they? They, they, they would only have lost once. that division, I think. Yeah, so they would have got they got automatic promotion, yeah. um, and they would have gone into that premiership had they not been. They lost. They lost once to Reading. Well, Western well Western the, lost to Western us as well. I'm just going to throw that out there. So really, what we're saying here is Reading's the best team. Uh... Oh, did they? Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so no, I think the Southwest is a very, very strong division. Uh, I don't. I think if you're a new team and you come in and do well straight away, it's impressive. Um, wherever you are, I think if you come into the Southwest and do it, you you really are something different. Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Um, 
Welcome to 2021 SWC. Baffa. I can't wait to see how it goes, and I look forward to seeing you guys out there on the field um, and then chatting about it on this show afterwards. I shall see you all next week when we'll catch up with Kingsham. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and 15 Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all of our shows. Also, check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customized sportswear supplies. Oh, 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 o